to the UOG Men's Rugby Podcast. It is Season 2, Episode 7 today. Um, we're still on Zoom and Charlie's with me once again. Charlie, how are you? Oh, mate, I'm loving life. Started uni again today. Well, not properly, but had my first Zoom lectures. Don't really know what my timetable is anymore. University seems to... Don't care. Just be winging it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you do that Guillain Balaguer thing? I didn't, no. I did not. Apparently it was Things to do, mate. Busy man, busy man. Basically just him um, selling a book, apparently. So that was interesting. I didn't do it. Nice. Because I wasn't awake. But, yeah. Anyway, um, enough of that. That was a weird rambling topic. I'm sorry. But we've got another guest today. We've got another high-level performing athlete today. We've got Abby Parsons of Bristol Bears Women. And we're going to be talking to her about all about her career in rugby. She's actually ex-UOG, so UOG alumni. Yeah, we're going to be talking to her, but before we get into the interview with her, Tommy told me to remind you to like the podcast, um, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, and also leave us a review as well, and also just give us some feedback about like what you like and don't like. Like, If you don't like me and Charlie rambling, or if Tommy annoys you, then just let us know. But anyway, um, yeah, let's go on with the episode. We are the pride of so, finally, fourth time lucky, we hope, we've got our guest, Abby, on. So, Abby, do you want to introduce yourself again to us for hopefully the last time and tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, of course. Um, so, I'm Abby Parsons. I play for Bristol Bears. Um, I've played for Bristol for eight seasons now. Um, and I went to Hartbury College and UOG. So, obviously, Hartbury College is quite well-renowned in the rugby world for being producing such good talent in it. You only have to look at the current England women's team and a lot of being through those channels at Harpery. So what was it like being there at such a young age? And was that kind of the start of your rugby journey? Yeah, um, it's definitely the start when I started to take it seriously. Um, I was really lucky when I was there um, for both years. I had Daniel Walton um, as my coach and I was lucky enough to play alongside her um, and unlucky enough to play against her as well. Um so yeah, she was you know a massive part of that. Um, the facilities there are obviously amazing, um, and it probably comes as close as you can get to that age as being sort of a semi-pro rugby player um, alongside studying A levels and things. You know, all the training is set out for you, um, so you don't have to stress about it. You just turn up, put the grants in, um, and yeah, just just put your best into it. And so yeah, it was really good. And from Hartbury, you mentioned you went to UOG, and obviously this is a UOG men's rugby podcast, so it's a great guest. You're a great guest for today. But what was it like making that step up from Hartbury, which is you mentioned a semi-pro environment, to UOG, uh, where it's yeah. well-renowned rugby university? Uh, yeah, so you know, from sort of under 18s level up to senior rugby, it's a it's a big step. Um, you know, going from sort of people your age and younger um, and typically sort of like your age and smaller to then being a really tiny fish in a really big pond um, especially at sort of like premiership level um, you're playing against you know and with some of the world's best players um, and training against them and with them as well so it's a, it's a huge step up um, and it's really good to have sort of uni rugby that's slightly less pressured um, than prem rugby on the weekend to, to really enjoy it um, and really be able to show a bit of you know, you sort of like Jouet rugby, a bit of personality. Um, and, yeah, and I have some fun, you know, on, on a weekend and midweek when you train at Prem. As I said, sort of like some of the best players in, in the country and in the world. Um, and on a Wednesday, um, you know, you're playing with girls that might not have played before. Um, so it's amazing to see how much they progress and how much they love playing a sport that, you know, I've loved since I was like seven years old. Mm. Um, when, while you were at UOG, you, I think your team that progressed through were probably one of the most successful teams the uni's seen in terms of any sport, really. Obviously, you won the Bucks Championship in 2015 in 15s and 7s. You went to the uni, sev, uni, sev, uni Euro 7s tournament as well. So what was it like being in such a successful team? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I mean, some of the girls that uh, went through that year, I went to Hartwood as well. So, you know, they were some of my closest friends um, and still are today. Um, so yeah, that year was probably one of my favourite rugby years uh, ever. Um, 
you know, getting through, we were definitely the underdogs and, you know, we weren't supposed to get that far and do that well. Um, so to be able to come out of it as, you know, champions of Twickenham and then go on to the sevens, um, you know, it was amazing. Um, you know, as a front row forward, being able to play in a Buck Sevens tournament and um, a Euro Sevens tournament, although pretty tiring, is a pretty cool thing to do. Um, you know, I remember turning up to one of my presentations the next day, you know, a little bit more wear to wear because we were just so excited that we'd done the double. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was a really good year. And there's players in that team now, such as Millie Wood, then England. So is it nice to see as well as yourself playing in the Premiership? There's players you played with in in uni on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday, they've gone on to represent England. Yeah, you know it's amazing. Um, and like I back those girls all the way. And you know I play against them, and you know I love it. I love the rivalry. Um, but I just love that after the game, you know, you just get to chat and and talk about you know everything. And and although sort of your rivals on the pitch, just afterwards, there's just so. So much respect and like so much love there still, um, and I, I love to see the girls going far um, and you know doing their thing and, and I back them all the way. So um, obviously varsity is a big part of university rugby life and beating play taking on Worcester in and at times beating them for most sports is great. So obviously you had that as well. So what was the varsity experience like for you? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I think like there's not many experiences like it. Um, you know, with like such rivalry, it's almost like NFL style, isn't it? Um, like Super yeah. Bowl style. So um, yeah, it's really cool. Like it's amazing to have like the backing of the whole uni on such a big event. Um, and you know, you know, we we did quite well in those games as well. Um, and it's just a massive opportunity to kind of showcase what women's rugby is as well because everyone watches varsity. You know, I watch so many sports that I would never normally watch. Um, like so, it's a really good experience to try and showcase. Uh, what we as a team could do um, and sort of how exciting like women's rugby is becoming as well. What was your record over Worcester while you were here? Oh God, I don't know. I think it was, I don't know if we beat them over 100 points on one of the games. Um, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> another, another one of the big, big parts of slightly, slightly staying away from rugby for a minute is Bournemouth Sevens and I think Obviously, I think only Tommy's been. I don't think Charlie's been. Or have you, Charlie? I've been. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I, I haven't been. Other way around. Sorry. So how, how great is that kind of weekend for all of the university to, and kind of just everyone to head down to Bournemouth and socialise and spend the end of a year? Yeah, I mean, I love Bournemouth. I never actually went with... Um, you know, G, um, but I was there, like, sort of when the girls, after we left, like, were there and everything, and it's such a good weekend, um, and it's, you know, you could turn up on your own and know so many people, so um, it's such a great time of the year to to bump into people that you might not have spoken to for ages, and other girls, like, just yesterday, um, and, yeah, like, gutted it's been cancelled the last year, and, you know, maybe this year as well, but it's, yeah, it's such a big weekend, and just such a good time to celebrate and socialise and yeah just hang out with your mates you know? so during your time at university you represented England in under 20s is that right yes yeah. so what was that experience like pulling on the red rose and I'm pretty sure you, you, you captained the under 20s at one point didn't you is that correct as well yeah yeah I did yeah. um yeah I mean it was really cool um it's a really cool experience uh you know, we never won in that shirt, um, which is something, you know, that's pretty gutting. But, uh, you know, I was lucky enough that the game that I did captain was, was the closest we came. Um, so we were in pretty good shape in that game. We just kind of let it go in sort of like the last five, ten minutes. But I think that game ended sort of like 7-5. So although it was pretty, like, agonising loss, um, it's the closest we've come for a while. So in terms of a performance and enjoyment of things, um, it was a really big game um like you know always a massive honor um putting on any sort of international shirt um and i was lucky enough to do it alongside some of the girls I went to uog as well um so yeah to you know have your family beside you in the shirt as well is always um is always great you know it makes you feel pretty pretty safe and pretty lucky 
moving slightly away from uni rugby and talking talk more about Bristol, you've been there you, nearly eight years now, you said, well, eight. So you've seen the progression of it from the premiership into the Premier 15. So how's that progression kind of been for you growing up as the game in England gets more competitive and better for a, a young... Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's massive. When I joined Bristol, you know, we played at the Portway and, you know, we were cancelling training sessions left, right and centre because, you know, the pitches were waterlogged. We were cancelling games. We were, you know, training on AstroTurf because... You know, we couldn't use the pitches, and um, then we went to Cleve, and the floodlights didn't work, so we were training in the dark. And you know, we were still paying subs. You know, we were paying like two hundred quid a year to play rugby, and and now you know it's on the brink of becoming professional. You know, some of those girls are professional, some of us are semi-pro. Um, you know, everything's funded. You know, we're playing at Kings now, such an incredible facility. We've got all the staff. You know, we could possibly want. Um, and so just to see that grow is so big and the interest in it grow is so huge. You know, when I first started, you looked at the sideline and you see your mum, your dad, you know, maybe one of your mates, a couple of girls that come down from uni that, you know, didn't have anything else to do on a Saturday. Um, and that was about it. Um, and, you know, now, you know, there's two, three, four hundred people coming to things, well, you know, pre-COVID, um, to watch us play. And, and, you know, people are gutted they can't get there now. And, and that never used to be the case. Like people didn't didn't used to be bothered about it. Um, and in terms of like international stuff, like I remember when I was a kid going to watch international games at like each, you know, and again like maybe two hundred people in the crowd. And now like they're selling out a stoop and they're playing at Twickenham and like all these huge, huge occasions. And and it's not just families going to watch anymore. Like people are, and it's not just friends of the players. It's it's people really interested in in rugby and in women's rugby. Um, and just in sport in general. Um, so it's grown so much and, you know, it's just going to keep going that way. Mm. Disappointingly, though, there's still the kind of negative negative comments that you see across social media. It started in the autumn with the Islands um, kit announcement with people making negative comments about that. There was stuff over... Christmas with Roe Marston at Bears getting negative, getting criticised on social media, and also within the last week, the iCare started. So, how important do you think it is for people like yourself, and then also high-profile names in the game, to stand up and say, "Well, this isn't right. We need to do something about this." I think you know most sports will will get those type of negative comments, and people will say, "You know, as it grows, you need to learn to deal with that." And I think what we are doing is, is we are dealing with it um, and we're dealing with it in a way that we think is is positive and we're calling those people out, you know. That comment to Rose, like, is just ridiculous. Like, you know, one of the best players I've ever played with is, you know, whenever you turn up to training, I'm like, oh, God, I hope I'm not against Rose. You know, like, such an incredibly talented athlete and just an incredible person as well. And people making comments, you know, about her weight just seems ridiculous, you know. Like, she absolutely does a job for us every Saturday. She's so dominant in in the collisions and her work rate is so high. I just think making petty comments like that just seems ridiculous when she, that man probably has never watched a game in his life. Um, and stuff like that, I just think it's just so irrelevant that it needs to be called out because other people, you know, there's other people and there's young girls coming through that will see that and think, oh, you know, maybe I don't want to get involved because that's what people think of me and that's what people will say. And, you know, Rose strong enough girl to, to just pass that off and, and, and crap off with it. Uh, to call this people out and just say, you know, incredible understanding, incredible. You know, why are people using non rugby players to, to promote rugby kit? Like it just doesn't, doesn't make sense, surely, um, when you're using the guys to promote that rugby kit. Like, I think you underestimate the amount of people that, you know, look up to these people and almost irrelevant of the amount. Like, surely inspiring one person, you know, I think that's everything that, you know, Steph did with the eye care stuff. We got so much positive feedback from that. It just makes everything so worth it. 
um, you know, I'm I'm not a big name in the game at all, and I've had conversations with girls saying that, you know, that they are inspired and they watch us, and you know, I had a Zoom call um, with a little girl over lockdown whose dad kind of reached out called my dad and asked to have a conversation, and she, you know, she was struggling at all, and she was progressive with rugby, but she, you know, the boys went past her, and she was struggling with what people were saying and things, and. You know, being able to have that like personal contact which I'd be like, it is okay, um, and it will get better. And you know, don't be afraid of these comments and these things because you're you're so much more than that, and you're so much better. Um, I just think it's so important to you know to highlight that those negative comments are a small proportion of such a massive support for the game and for the players. So pro direct. I'd said that they need likes on their images uh, in order to gain visibility, which is then basically saying that women's players won't get the likes that they need to promote their products, which I, I just can't understand. I think it's absolutely ridiculous to think that. I, I wanted to get your views on that as well. What do you think about kind of the likes and the social media aspect? Yeah, I think it's crazy. Um, you know, Poppy Cleo highlighted it. I, I know Poppy quite well. She's very outspoken, like not afraid to share her views. And I think that she's a really important person in, in progressing women's rugby forward. And to call that out, you know, it needed to happen. Um, and it just it just blows my mind. Like, I don't understand if you're promoting a sport, why putting a female rugby player out wouldn't wouldn't engage that female side of it. You know, 50% of the population are female. And you're taking 50% of that out of your, like, marketing. And, you know, I don't pretend to be a businesswoman or a marketing person, but I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't want that. Like, these girls are incredible. You know, they, most of them have worked full-time and played rugby internationally. A lot of them now are full-time professionals, which is groundbreaking. You know, they're being sponsored left, right and centre, and rightly so, because their, you know, their fan bases are growing. Um, and the only way that we grow that is is by putting things out there. Um, and like, I think Poppy put up as well, you know, like if, if men had to go and buy their rugby boots from like a women's rugby boot section, like they'd be in trouble. And like part of me just thinks like, you know, a lot of us don't wear pink boots that are women specific. <laughs> um, you know, a lot, a lot of us buy just rugby boots. So why putting them under the label of men's rugby boots why aren't they just rugby boots like do you know what i mean little things like that 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 don't seem like a huge thing could have such a big impact um yeah. and it, I, don't, I don't really understand it to be honest i think i think it seems so stupid that they're cutting out 50 percent of their marketing population um because they need you know need a few extra likes do you do you think rug, women's rugby in particular is being kind of misrepresented by the media what it actually is um i think sometimes yes usually like my you know my dad sent me a cut out of a paper the other day um that was saying you know it's outrageous that we're now getting tested twice a week and it's funded when the championship are having to pay for it um you know that we're so much smaller than the championship like why are we getting funded and they're not and i just think things like that is like we get such a small proportion compared to the men you know we're still playing because we are the elite of our sport you know you can't get any higher before yeah. internationals in our sport than the premier 15s you know we're we're going into work and we're training we need that testing to be safe and to make sure that this rugby carries on and i just don't understand people trying to drag that down and comparing it to the championship and things like that when it's not really a real comparison. Yeah. So I think um, sometimes, like, yeah, the media doesn't help itself. But, you know, equally, there's some some media out there that's doing really well. And, you know, our media guy, George, actually, from yeah, as well, does such a good job. Um, and all of his content is is amazing, really promotes us as, you know, rugby players, not, not women's rugby players, but rugby players. You, you mentioned how far women's rugby has come over like the past decade or so. Do you think part of the problem is that everyone feels a need to compare women's rugby to men's rugby? And do you think everyone should just appreciate women's rugby kind of for what it is and the way it's played? Yeah, I think, I think it's a massive problem. Um, you know, 
yeah, I mean, I think there's such a huge like benefit of it, you know, of it just being rugby um, and like not segregating it at all. But obviously, there are huge differences, um, and I think it's something that we should be really proud of. Um, that you know, we are totally with. I mean, we're different humans to the men, um, but we still play sport. And we, you know, we find ways to put the ball on try line. We find, you know, we find different ways to do things, um, and I think that. A lot of people are involved that love rugby, love watching men's rugby and women's rugby. But there's a huge community out there that that just are really interested in watching women's rugby. Um, I think it's really key to you know to tap into those players and to those fans that just love supporting us. Like we talk a lot about you know getting getting fans to stay behind after a men's game to watch the women's game. But there's such a huge proportion of fans that aren't interested in the men's game and they just come to watch the women's game because that's the sport that they love. Um, so I think it's a really difficult situation because on one hand, you know, we are rugby players and regardless of male or female, that's what we do and we play rugby. But it, it, it's also a thing to be proud of, I think, that we, you know, we're involved in women's rugby. We, we've kind of hit a global kind of pause with the pandemic and everything. Do you think this is... A really good opportunity to kind of generate some change in women's rugby well just the perception of women's rugby and really time to push it on and make it like take it forward yeah i think it's huge i think um the fact that we're allowed to carry on kind of shows people that this isn't just a joke and that this isn't just like we pitch up on a saturday and play um and that's really serious you know um I had like a thumb injury and I was um, speaking to somebody in the NHS and they were like, oh, you know, are you, I'm surprised you're still allowed to play. And, you know, I explained that we were elite, um, we were classed as elite rugby and that we were allowed to carry on. And she was like, that's really cool. Like, that's really good. Um, so I think it really sparks conversations um, with people that, you know, maybe expected us to just be put on the back burner and we haven't been. You know, we're playing throughout this pandemic and we're doing it safely and, and we're doing it really well um, and I think that there's been a huge opportunity to stream a lot of the games um, and I know um, like Stale Sharks done it really well they've streamed a lot of their games um, and I think it's really important because you know people are craving sport right now um, a lot of people aren't able to play at the moment and you know they're looking for that out there and so being able to watch the Premier 15s online is a huge um opportunity i think to really promote rugby the six nations has been pushed back as well and i saw some talk today that they might keep it in that late spot in the future as well so do you think having that not on the same time as amends is going to be an opportunity to grow it and grow women's international rugby yeah i mean i think it'll be really interesting to see you know i think that having it in its own entity will stop clashes um you know when we want to watch the men's rugby and the women's rugby and it's on at the same time, you know, I, for one, will quite happily sit down and watch rugby seven till seven, but not, not lots of people will. Um, so, you know, if you've got like a, two, a super Saturday and you've got two lots of super Saturdays going on, you know, it's difficult to get that all in. Um, so I think from, from a fan that loves both watching the men's and women's international, it's really good. Um, I get two six nations periods, you know, and, Six Nations is one of the best times of the year, I think, for any rugby fan. Um, and I think it will really engage people that may not have watched it before. Um, you know, people that may just be solely focused on the men's Six Nations and not not really worried about the women's. Not not for anything negative, um, but just, you know, maybe not flipped over or can't afford to watch the rest of it. Um, but I think, you know, if that's one of the different part of the year, people get really excited about any international sport. Um, so I think it will really capture a, a huge audience. Um, and, you know, if we can really put on, put on some good performances, um, it will capture a lot, of, a, lot more, a lot more fans. I watched um, the game that you guys played against uh, Exeter Chiefs. And honestly, that was probably one of the best games of that weekend. Jasmine Joyce absolutely tore up three, uh, three pretty decent tries. Like yeah. I, I just want those people that are commenting 
on, on those posts to actually watch that it's something like that game or any other game and to see that it's not this rugby that they're probably thinking where nothing's happening like it's entertaining stuff it's end-to-end especially with the new rules in that's uh, uh, to help with covid like it's such an open yeah. game yeah i mean it's so fast flowing um it was a massive shock to the lungs the first time i played this year you know free kicks from knock-ons and forward passes and stuff but it's really exciting i actually really love it um and i think that you're right those people that are commenting those things they aren't watching so why bother commenting like if you don't care enough to watch it i you know i appreciate everyone has their opinions and not everyone has to love it but don't comment on what you don't know about um like yeah like some of jazz's tries you know that's incredible for any sort of sport you know um and if you're gonna have an opinion on it do some research you know watch some games and then form your opinion don't just go around throwing you know off the cuff comments about people's weight and you know i don't care like it, it just seems so petty and like you know i'm not a massive fan of men's football but you know if i see a post about it i'm not going to start being like i don't care about it because i know that there's millions and millions of people that do and it's not relevant to me to suppose that i don't care um so i just find it mad that you know people that do that haven't even watched the game so you are, I understand, or were a social sec at Bristol Bears, is that right? Yes, I currently <laughs> am as well, but it's very difficult in these situations. Yeah, is there anything, any stories you can come out with us, anything you're allowed to say? Um, what goes on tour stays on tour, right? <laughs> Do you... Um... Yeah, we've, um, we've done a couple of like fancy dress stuff and like some Halloween things and Christmas things as well, um, and I just love like the commitment the girls put into it um like nothing's too far it's amazing like you don't get people just turning up you know with splash face paint on or anything like people just go like really really far um and i love that kind of stuff and it's just so nice um to just like let our hair down and stuff with like the games that we play and like being professional things like that we don't get chances to do it that often um so when we do get a chance to do it it's yeah it's really nice to see different sides of people what uh what sort of social themes do you get up to um i guess like previously like typical of most sort of like society things so we do like halloween socials christmas socials um like we do like an end of year thing so we'll do like court and things like that um this year it's been pretty difficult so we've done like a couple of, a couple of zoom quizzes um we've done some like race nights and things like that as well just to try and like keep people together um but to be honest i love just like playing games with everyone like everyone's really competitive so anything that involves like games and things like that is really cool and then just heading out after um what oh God. um what's the favorite um fancy dress you've worn at a social and what's your favorite that someone else has worn um that's my favorite or the best Best. I'm just trying to think about. Oh, one year, um, one of the girls we had a Christmas social, and she came dressed as a turkey. <laughs> she was actually dressed up as a turkey. Um, so that was really good. That was really funny. Um, I think my favourite one. I went as a Christmas tree. I really liked my Christmas tree outfit. That's that's actually. I don't think any of us have seen a Christmas tree. It is a good idea. So I think unless any other of us got any more questions, Tommy, Charlie, I think that's it from us, Abby. So thank you so much for sticking with us, even with all our technical issues. And it's been really interesting to chat and hear your stories about coming through rugby and also the issues that are around the game at the moment. I think it's really important that it's a conversation that people need to have and people need to hear as well. So it's been great to us to learn some more about it as well. So thank you a lot. Yeah, well, yeah, massive thanks for like, you know, sticking with the game and promoting that as well. So thanks to you guys. No worries. Perfect. Cheers. Okay, take care. Right, so thank you so much to Abby 
um, for joining us. Like I said, it's really important that people hear about this because it's not enough, it's not spread enough in the mainstream media. And I know us three can't really understand the problems because it's nothing we've ever experienced, but it's important that people still have the opportunity to talk about it and listen to it. So anyway, thank you to Abby again. But obviously there's no rugby this week. There's not been any, sorry, there wasn't any rugby last weekend. So instead of Tommy talking to us about the games, we've asked our Instagram for some Q&A questions as well. So let's just get cracking. Well, I'll ask you all. Um, so let me see. Will Wales win a game in the Six Nations this year? No. Um, Next question. You, you know they beat Italy, let's be honest. Yeah, very true. But <laughs> I back Italy, yeah. Every year they're getting better, even though we've said that for the last 10 years. Yeah, get Romania in, I reckon. Question from doing? Tristan. <laughs> that is mainly aimed at Tommy. Um, is Tommy the worst CC this club has ever had? I mean, in a world where we're trying to be nice, come on, Tristan. <laughs> I mean, also, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, helping him. I'm not sure that many CCs managed to get the club banned within a not even a month for a bit. So maybe that one is true. Not sure yeah, very true. Um, okay, and actually, an interesting question. So, if you could convert any rugby league player into Union, who would it be? I feel like Charlie could probably answer that question because um, he's the one who knows the most about league. Um, trying to help me. Um, oh, I don't know. Pressure. Um, usually the big boys have done well, haven't they? Like, well, we've had Semi that's come over from league. He's been ridiculous. But then you've had people like Jason Robinson who are very, very good. I don't know. I'd like to see probably probably just my Leeds Rhinos bias but Conrad Hurrell from Leeds Rhinos he's a big boy but he can move quite quickly so I'm, I'm going back 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 a couple of years for my answer and also a bit of Leeds Rhinos but prime Ryan Hall yes that's a great shot actually yeah that was Harry Royal who answered asked that question by the way nice <laughs> so a couple of others here's the right do you think the Lions tour will go ahead this year? And if you do, do you think it'll be in the UK? Um, yes, I think it will be in the UK. Because yeah. I, I just don't think they're going to... Because the Springboks want to play it. The Lions seem to want to play it. So, like Razi Erasmus said, they go to option Z if they have to, yeah. just to get the um, tour on. So, mm -hmm. I think just... It's a one-off year. Let's play in England or well, the UK and let's kind of make it a spectacle. Well, an unprecedented spectacle in unprecedented times. And I think, you know, it'd be something nice for everyone to look forward to. And hopefully yeah. by that time, we will be able to have a decent amount of people in the stadium. I think what the issue would be with it is like for the South African economy because yeah. the money they'd lose. But I was talking to my dad about it and... If, I don't know if it's financially viable or viable within the timings, but it would make sense to put it back into till Christmas and do it with the Christmas tour. Could you know? do, but then I guess the whole well, who want who's really well, obviously it's the Lions, so everyone wants to tour, but if you're a spectator, who really wants to go to South Africa in winter when the whole point is you meant to go in summer in the sun? enjoying the country but then it's the same thing though like you wouldn't want to if it's in the uk would you want to go to it in the uk when you're supposed to be going to south africa i think like because I, I was supposed to go so like personally i'd rather either have it waited or put it back put it back a year or put it back to christmas than it being in the uk i, th I think as a, as a spectator and you know you're going you obviously want to go to south africa because it's a whole experience but then I think it's like, it's just a difficult one because obviously there's not much you can do in these current times. In South Africa, it's COVID situation. Obviously, we've had a lot more deaths than anyone else, but they haven't started like vaccination processes, really, I don't think, and stuff like that. So I think sticking in the winter, 
don't know, maybe take something away from it. And you mentioned like the tourism industry. Does it, will it affect it if it's in the winter? Because surely there'll be certain aspects that you get in a summer South Africa tour that you wouldn't get in the winter. You can start most of it. But anyway, we're in danger of being very political here. Yeah. And, that, and that's not a good thing. Um, yeah, right. some political views are very dodgy. <laughs> that was an awful laugh, wasn't it? <laughs> a bit of a DM. What does rugby mean to each of you? Me? Tell me you go for it. Um, oh, wow. Well, uh, obviously, I've had a lot of time to reflect about this, and I won't go into much detail, but if you didn't know, I got injured. Um, <laughs> So it's, it was honestly, it's, it's my life. Like I live it, I breathe it, I love it. Every day I, I have a ball in my hand. It's just, I, I don't want to go too sentimental, but without rugby has been by far the hardest time I've ever had to deal with, especially in uni when you, there's no release. My, my release before would be, you know, you go to the pitch with your mates, kick a ball around. And then through my whole time at uni, I hadn't been able to do that. Uh, and that's just really hit home at how much rugby means to me. So, anyway, someone, someone take over before I start crying. Um, at least now, I was, no, I'm not going to say that. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. It might. Well, sorry. I think obviously, I think we're all probably quite similar in our answer that it does mean a lot to us. And for me and you, Sam, obviously, we want we want it to be kind of our work later on as well. We're covering it, so it does mean a lot. And I think. The main part of it that we've all realised this year is that like, when you're in lockdown, it's like all you want to do is just like, I don't even care about playing matches. I just want to train and throw a ball about with my mates. And it's just kind of that social aspect as well that I just really miss. Miss? Miss. <laughs> like, I'm not the loudest of people in the changing room, but then it's just that environment that I miss and just kind of like someone falling about in, you, in your head thinking they're an idiot, but then come back to it and think just having some fun and you we all enjoy it so it's like when, when um we came out the first lockdown and my local club started doing kind of pre-season training as it was at the time and in past years i would have never dreamed of going to pre-season training it's like i don't want to but then it was like the opportunity to just throw a ball about with some people you know and actually get out and do something was just far more attractive than sitting on my own at home listening to my parents yeah like i think we all probably started around like the same thing like going to watch going to play because your dad played like i went i watched my dad play rugby from when i was about three to about 15 just watching him every saturday being involved with the team he played for and stuff and then they're playing yourself and then coming to uni it's like the big thing about some mental health stuff like everyone's had shit years um for numerous reasons not just a lockdown like personal stuff and being social with your mates helps out. He was on it till last week, when we, last week, two weeks ago, we had that Zoom call. It was great because it was the first time we've had it this year properly, just to chat to people, like um, learn more, more about them. After we chat to Gary loads about it and just learning about his life because he's got so many stories. Like, hopefully, we'll get him on here at some point to tell the stories. But like, it's great to just listen to your mates. And that's one of the big things about rugby for me is just learning new things about people yeah it's just just meeting new people because rugby's obviously based quite a lot off of its characters and like big personalities in it and to like with the freshers this year we haven't really met a lot of them and so to actually properly kind of talk to a few and get to know them it was kind of it brought everyone a bit closer i felt last or last couple of weeks ago. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can have a lot more of those and hopefully we can actually throw a rugby ball about with them at some point. Right. I've got three more questions before we do our, our final segment. Um, if you had to pick another UOG team to play for, who would it be and why? <laughs> uh, equestrian. Always wanted to ride a horse. <laughs> and it would be them. To be fair, I do have horse riding experience, but that was from when I was like four so maybe not. Um, I, I'm, I'm just waiting for someone to teach me. So that, do you not need a horse first? Uh, um, I think we've asked this uh, you before, didn't you say league? No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I think I think I said hockey last time because I used to play 
played hockey before uni, but I stopped because didn't really want to do it over rugby. I think, obviously, because I do like rugby, I have a vested interest in rugby league, but I'm not sure I would, obviously. I think I'd go, um, fuck knows, golf. No, cricket, cricket. Oh, no, I play golf. Why am I not play golf? I'm um, I go cricket. And I've got my golf clubs in the back of the Zoom court. Right, I go cricket. <laughs> um, right, and a lot a bit of, uh, there's been two questions for this, but they're slightly different, but we'll do. A dream team from UOG since you've been here it can be played with or just watched while at UOG obviously Tommy can't pick played with but you know uh, I have played two games for UOG so yes I can I've got right. one written out I'm already. ready well, is that your UOG one? no I've got a UOG one and the one from the latest segment right go for the UOG you go first then. right okay so number one is the greatest player to ever play for the university Daiki mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then we've got the greatest hooker of all, uh, Turner, when he played for the threes many times. Um, then three, I'll put you in there, Sam. Then in the second row, we have Mith- Mitty, not Metty, as uh, the South Africans would say. Um, and then Simon. Yeah. I put him in the second row, not sure why, but just he's a bit of a rogue bloke and I'm a fan of him. Um, and then in the back row, we've got Three's Captain Cortez, um, seven Jack Whittle, eight Adam Hopkinson, the uh, very good player, and he's from Yorkshire, so. Okay, we get it. And then nine, we've got my beloved partner, Aidan. Nice. Um, Ten, well, I was going to put me, but if we're doing actual good players, I went with HMG. And Uh, then partnered at 12 with him, I put Foggy. Yeah. Two of two of the best players I've probably played with or seen play on a pitch. So yeah, good feet on them. And then 13, Harry Wellington, quality player. Nice. Um, and then the back three, I've gone with Cam Finley, road, road choice. I've put Tiger Miles at fullback. Because I thought I can't leave him out. And then on the other wing, I've got Joel Young. Fascinating. <laughs> Lovely. Tommy, do you have one? Do you want it? Uh, no, not really. Right, okay. <laughs> I've got mine then. Right. I'm so, of time as well. I will be fine. So, mine, front row. I'll put myself in there. Big Trist. I can't believe you didn't pick Tristan, Andy. No, well, it was it was close. It was between Tristan and Dikey, but... Um, yeah, I've, that, I can't really put myself at hooker, actually. I'm going to put myself at hooker in mine and pit, go Big Trist, um, CRC and myself in the front row. Nice. Second row, second row, King's got a Matty, just because, yeah, they'll be annoyed if I don't pick him. I didn't want to give King's got the satisfaction. <laughs> Back row, Matty, not Matty, sorry. Back row, Jack Whittle, Nick Cortez and... Wait, sorry, I'm reshuffling mine. No. Second row, Harry Leach and No. Second row, Matty King Scott, back row, um, Jack Whittle, Liam Ballston, and Nick Cortez. Nice. Nine. Um nine Gus. <laughs> Ten Charlie. Yay. Wingers, Turley and I don't know why we're giving it to Turley. Um, wing is Turley and Harry Wellington. Um, um, Cam Finley, because he's class. Centres, centres Tiger and. Jesus. I've been here way too long. Quick game to good game. Centre. Um, yes, then. Lovely. Can right. I do uh, an injury club? It won't be 15. I'll just mention some names. Yeah, go on. Well, it was an absolute pleasure to 
be an injury club and lead injury club. Uh, Matt Healy, who you might be able to hear in the background coaching, uh, he was great to be with. HMG always brought some laughs. Gav, one of the founders, um, helped me to step up into that position of leading the, uh, the injury club. Uh, Bren also, Bren needs to get a big shout out. He had a tough year last year, loads of injuries in and out, and he was always great laughs to be around as well. So that's mine. Nice. Right, final question before we go on to the thingy is make this PG before we do it. Funny social moment and why? <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, we can always beep it out if we decide after. Mine's, probably not, not the I best think to say. mine's just a bit grim. It's not particularly um, like inappropriate. It's more, it was our joint social with cheer in my first year and mm. it was ABC and um, I think part of it we were obviously tape, we were taped to someone as part of it and I'd had a bit too much to drink and I think someone made me drink some hot water and then I ended up being sick and it may have gone on said cheerleader. You Heinze are one of the best we we like so much so that we've even got a name. Like you get an absolutely Heinzied uh, has kind of spread around um, spread around the club. I thought sure. that was going to go. I thought I was going to go somewhere else for a minute, but let's not get into that. Um, I know what you're thinking, aren't I? Well, yeah, that was the problem. You don't remember it. <laughs> um, you know exactly. You know exactly what I'm thinking of. Anyway, move on, Tommy. What's yours? Uh, I tell you what, Goss. Uh, the year just gone you're not supposed to laugh in it but when you're sat next to Harry Morgan Grant it is very hard <laughs> his back chat and stuff it's so funny uh, like Stitchell <laughs> even he was in absolute stitches like and he was leading the social uh, yeah absolutely brilliant that that goth social with him unreal um, mine would be can't say that uh, when Matty's va- when Matty's vape exploded last year in the middle of social, that was quite funny. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of your Q and A things because the rest of the questions we can't really ask. Um, so yeah, we've got obviously we normally do the quiz, but B, we've got a new segment that we're going to put in every so often. So Tommy, do you want to introduce it? You're on mute. So. Uh, it's 100% been stolen from House of Rugby. Uh, I'm not going to lie. We didn't think of this ourselves. Don't but I thought that we do, at the end of a show every so often, we do a 15-man squad or uh, based on a theme. So this week we're doing it on professional football players, past and present. So I will go first. I'm particularly proud of my team. You have a manager. Uh I have got a manager in mind, yes. I'll say that. Yeah. Okay, so in a props, I've got Wayne Shaw. So he was uh, a player, professional player, obviously, uh, who Some ate a pasty keeper. at halftime, got fined £375 for it and banned for two months. So he's 100% in my front row. Uh, in at number two, Wayne Rooney. Number mm. three, someone, he was called Willie, nicknamed Fatty Falk. Uh, he was 24 stone, an absolute giant. So he's going to be bolstering up my front row. Nice. Uh, second rows, Peter Crouch and Van Dyke. Great in the air, very tall. Uh, they'll be all over that. Uh, I've got my flankers are Vincent Company, Again, tall for the line out, big bloke. Uh, and Roy Keane. Um, I mean, he's hard, basically. And then in at number eight, Akin Fenwa, huge player. It'll, uh, it'll be a bit of a beast in that back. In at scrum half, I've got Messi, short, quick, bit feisty. We love that. Zlatan outside of him in number ten, full of skills. Uh, you know he's quite, quite a, he's quite a physical ten. Bit, bit of an Owen Farrell. He can slip into twelve if he needs to. Inside centre, Lukaku. I want him to be hitting those hard lines. Bit of a Tuolangi. He's also fairly quick as well. 13, Ronaldo. Bit of a Brian O'Driscoll, I think. Loads of skills about him. All, great all-round player. An absolute cannon of a boot if we need that as well. 
Then I've got a number 14. Now, this is an interesting one. I don't know if we'll allow it, but technically he was a professional player. Usain Bolt. If we can allow that, then he's got to be in there. Big bloke and mm-hmm. absolutely rapid. If not, I've got Obama Yang. Again, he's quick. 96 pace at one point on FIFA. <laughs> uh, and then at the back, keeping everyone tight, uh, Manuel Neuer. Obviously, safe with the hands. Big old boot on him. Pretty quick. Who's your manager? Uh, I had to go for Ferguson, didn't I? Fair enough. Charlie, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Oh, I'll go then. Um, so I also went with Akin Fenwa, but I put him at a loose head. And then Hooker, I had Maradona because he was quite a stocky little bloke. Good with his hands. Um, <laughs> number three, I've got Gary Taylor Fletcher. He used to play for Blackpool. Nice. Nice. Um, he was just... He was a sizable man for a striker, so I thought he'd you know, put a shunt on in the scrum. Second row, I've gone with Yapstam and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, just two big, scary blokes that will cause some trouble. Number six, I've gone with James Milner. He'll work hard. He'll get the dirty work done. You won't necessarily see him doing big things. Seven, Sergio Ramos, causing some trouble um, at the breakdown and whatnot. Roy Keane at eight, just fucking hard, isn't he? Um, <laughs> I've gone with Messi as well. Ten, I've gone with Ronaldinho, playmaker, pulling the strings, good with his feet, as they all are because they're footballers. Um, at twelve, I've gone um, with the legendary Gaza. Um, for you know, you just need to be a bit mad to play twelve. Just yeah, it'd also be good for the social as well. <laughs> I've gone with Steven Gerrard, just quality all-round player. Don't want to slip in defence there. Can do any job that he likes. Um, Shocking, that he likes or that he puts his mind to. Then my back three have gone with Adama Traore, big fast yeah. bloke. Um, on the other wing, I've gone with Thierry Henry, great finisher, um, bit of pace to him as well. And the, the back, I've gone with Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, nice. You know, just your X Factor player can do something special for you in moments of need. Right. Okay. So, I've got um, my loose head is Akin Fenwa because he, um, hooker Lee Catamal because he's hard. Um, ex Sunderland tight head, I've gone along the same lines as Charlie, and I've gone with John Parkin, former um, lower league footballer, <laughs> very niche. Um, second rows, Vincent Company and Peter Crouch because the height with Crouch and then Company is just going to work. Um, blindside flanker Michael Brown, the former. Leeds United and Manchester City footballer because, again, he's just hard. Same with my flanker, Vinnie Jones, because he's just going to run through anything and tackle anything. Um, eight power. I think he's just going to captain. He's, he's my captain. He's just going to run the show from the back of the scrum, lead the line out. Um, scrum half, David Silver, because, like, small, going to be a bit nippy, works some magic. Ten, Kevin De Bruyne, a bit of a playmaker, Got a nice little boot on him for kicking to goal. My centre is Andrea Perlo, just to just to ooze class inside centre. Then Adama Traore outside him, just to run through anything. My wing is I've gone through pure pace with Theo Walcott and Gannon. At fullback, I've gone for Marcus Rashford because I think he'd just be quite solid there. And my manager is Sean Dyche because I can imagine he likes rugby and I can imagine he likes a drink. I went with think, Diego Simeone for my manager as well because I think he'd get everyone going. I think um, my team would win that, to be honest. One of you, um, oh, one yeah, of I said today. past and present. Can we just... like, uh, the, anyway, mine would definitely win. Let us know in the comments or whatever if, if you think you agree with some of our players or don't. little plug oh, there. Or I'm just getting cancelled, but... Um, and let us know if um, what other what other themes you want us to do. But anyway, um, thank you all for listening. Um, thanks again. To, uh, are we doing the quiz though? Are we doing the quiz? Oh fuck it, we may as well. Well, you can't just cheat me of the quiz. I'm <laughs> waiting all this time. Right. Well, I'm, I've got to dive gonna... out because I've got another right, meeting. Tommy's going. Bye, Tommy. I got I've got CC things to do. See ya. Bye. I told me, can we please leave that in? Thank God he's gone. <laughs>
So, yeah, we are doing the quiz after that abrupt ending from Charlie cut me off. Tommy's fucked off, so now it's just me and Charlie doing the quiz. So, after last week, I had quite a good week last week, I think. And yeah, they were easy questions, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I've jumped up to three now, so... You were already on three, weren't you? Oh, sorry, I jumped up to six. There you go. And Char- Charlie's on three. So, and after this, this is your game in hand. Charlie, you want. Um, what was New York known as prior to 1664? What? This isn't rugby. <laughs> None of them are rugby. What? This isn't the game. I gave you nice ones last week. They're all rugby related. Oh, Jesus. What was it known as? Um, um, uh, Old York. No, New Amsterdam. Why did I say do the quiz? This was a mistake. Okay. No, that's too hard. Um, one minute. Okay, here's some sports questions. I'll do sports from now on. Um, which football team were known as the Biscuit Men up until the 1980s? Um... The Biscuit Men. Mm-hmm. Um, who has a biscuit factory in their town? Is that a clue? Is that like I'm in the right ballpark? I think so. They, they, play, they, they currently play in the championship. Right. Championship Biscuits. Who played? Um, <laughs> um, Sorry, I don't understand. Shut up. Um, <laughs> you fucking trying to cheat there? No, that, what, how can I cheat? It's a Google. You've got to say certain words and it'll go off. I don't know why it's gone off. Um, hey Google. Yeah, it's working. There we go. Play right now. If that's what you mean. Do you have your music connected to it? I do, but we're not. Hey, I've done, hey Google. I've turned it off at the plug. <laughs> um, anyway, Biscuit Town. We're going to go with Norwich. What did you say? Norwich. No, that's wrong. It's Reading. Um, in 1950, India withdrew from the World Cup because FIFA refused to let them do what? Play barefoot. That's correct. Well done. Oh, yes. I'll, I'll give you some rugby ones now. Oh, that's very kind of you. What, do you have, just have like a supply of questions like Sue Barker or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Who is the all time Six Nations top try scorer? Try scorer? Yeah, with 26 tries. Um, oh. I thought I'm going to get this wrong. Maybe. I think it's between. Shane Williams and Bob. Um, I'm going to go with Shane Williams. You went the wrong one. Oh. Brian Driscoll. <laughs> right, final question. Ooh. Okay. This, is, this one is correct as of... Um, as of all, as of the start before the start of this season, so it might might have changed this answer. Yeah. But who is the highest scorer in terms of tries in the Heineken Cup ever? Yeah, before this season, I don't think it's changed. But just in case, um, I think it might be Vasson Clerc. No, it's Chris Ashton was thirty nine. Oh. Geez. Do you want an extra one? Well, you could shout as well. I was... That's not a... I'm gonna give. I'll give you another one because I felt harsh on the first one to see if you can <laughs> give you a rugby one. Um... Um... Oh, which Premiership rugby club is the oldest? And we're talking to like say they've been established before that. So Wasp, you can you could be like the with the amateur club as well. With the amateur club. Um, yeah, so 
So, um, who's got a name that sounds old? Um, if it helps, there's the the oldest and the youngest clubs. There's thirty seven years between them. Um, I reckon. I'm going to go with Northampton. No, it's Sale. Sale. I think. 1860. Right, so well done. You got one out of six. So <laughs> overall in the quiz now, it's six to me, four to Charlie. And this episode's dragged on. It was really good to start with. So thanks a lot to Abby for that. Um, thanks to Tommy um, for joining us. We're ne never letting you interview anyone again. Charlie, thanks again for being here. and Just turning up. Just turning up. And um, thanks to me as well. Um, I'm going to go get a drink. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to review and subscribe and all the stuff that Tommy asked you to do. Make sure you leave us some feedback as well so we're not just talking to ourselves. But anyway, yeah, thank you all for listening. Goodbye. Bye.